0: Lift off. We have a lift off. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, yesterday, I mentioned a bar complaint has been filed against House Speaker David Ralston. The the filer of that complaint is named Amanda Mosher. She will be joining me at the bottom of the hour. Uh, for those of you who still think there's no there there, wait until you hear her story. But before we get into that, I, I think we've gone through a time warp. I uh, I I think we are back in 2016. It, it seems that way. I turned on CNN earlier, and you had a Brooke Baldwin with two panelists. It was only two other people: a Business Insider pundit and and Max Bro or Max Boot, who neither of whom liked the president. It, it was all three of them deeply, deeply the hostile. So I got to tell you, if you're listening to this and you're a Turner. A, I was with CNN for a number of years, and they would have never, when I was there, allowed a panel that was the anchor plus two people all bagging on the president. When I was at Fox, they would have never allowed this. You know, when I was at CNN, when I was at Fox, they would frequently allow me on by myself because they knew I hated everybody. So I was willing to bash the Republicans and the Democrats alike. Uh, this was all purely attack the president mode, the anchor and the two people. A- at Fox, you always had to have on a Democrat. E- even if it was was a Democrat you never heard of, Fox always insisted that there be someone on the right and someone on the left in, in a panel where you're going after a politician, unless it was me because I went after everybody. Uh, <laughs> that, it is one nice thing to hate everybody. <laughs> But nonetheless, I was I was shocked, and and the entire story is about how the president was a terrible businessman. Now I realize in 2016, CNN was too busy making out with Donald Trump's campaign to have covered anything other. Than, I I mean I'll never forget one time I was watching CNN and they were covering the landing of Donald Trump's 757 as if Air Force One had arrived in town. And wall-to-wall coverage of his, um, uh, of his press conferences, wall-to-wall coverage of his rallies, uh, unending coverage. And CNN was very open at the time that this was great for ratings, that they were getting good ratings from just uh, uninterrupted coverage of this stuff. And so I guess they weren't paying attention to what the other Republicans were doing. But in 2016, you had every Republican candidate out there assailing Donald Trump for being a bad businessman in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, Ted Cruz pointed out in 2016 that Donald Trump went bankrupt running a casino. He must be the worst businessman in America because who goes bankrupt running a casino when the odds are in the House's favor? And he did point that out. And Donald Trump's casino did go out of business. And he did have bankruptcies. And we covered this all here on this program. And it's old news. And the president still won. And now the media today is. Oh, did you know about Donald Trump's bankruptcies in business? Yes, they were on the front page of every newspaper on the planet. I mean, I grew up in freaking Dubai, and they were on the front page of the, of the newspaper, the Gulf News and the Collegiate Times. Donald Trump was big news. He was covered globally, his business problems were covered globally. For God's sakes, I'm watching this CNN discussion earlier. And Brooke Baldwin, the anchor, plays a clip of Ivanka Trump from the early 90s when she talks about passing a homeless man, and her father pointed out that the homeless man had more money than her dad. I mean, this has been exhaustively covered. He's talked about it on The Apprentice, and yet the New York Times and CNN and MSNBC are treating this as if it is breaking news no one had ever heard before. News flash to these networks. I realize reporters have gotten lazy, but bankruptcy filings are public records. It is crazy. But here's why they're doing it. So the Dow is, has rebounded today after falling for two straight days over the tariffs issue. The Dow has rebounded. The stock market is still up. Uh, We've got record unemployment, record unemployment for black Americans, record unemployment for young Americans, record unemployment for Hispanic Americans, record unemployment for Asian Americans, record unemployment for not. I shouldn't say record, record employment, not unemployment. Record employment for Hispanics, record employment for blacks, record record employment for youngs, record employment for whites. Uh, You name it, the demographic group, the socioeconomic group, the class group, you name it, uh, record employment. The economy is smoking. It's creating jobs, double the jobs per month that Barack Obama created. The growth rate of the country right now, uh, quarterly growth rate, is double what it was under Barack Obama. The business creation rate is double what it was under Barack Obama. I mean, basically everything is doubled what it was under Barack Obama. And so what are the geniuses in the media doing? Oh, back 30 years ago, Donald Trump was a bad businessman. Hello, we all already know this. Are you seriously trying to beat Donald Trump in 2020 based on his business record from the 80s that everyone already knows about and everyone already hashed out in 2016 while y'all were busy humping a 757 that was landing like it was Air Force One? Are you seriously going to do this, news networks? We've already been there, and guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work. All those Republicans who went after the president on this stuff, they all lost to him. There are plenty of things to attack Donald Trump over. There are plenty of things to be critical of. There are plenty of things to use against him for 2020. But his business deals from the 1980s that were well litigated back then and in 2016 that you completely ignored for ratings really aren't it. Is it any wonder this man keeps beating you people? Y'all, listen, here's the other thing that they're doing. The reason they're circulating these stories, and I got to tell you, I think more people should be outraged about this than are. It is not good when a state legislature like the New York state legislature, it is not good when Congress wants the tax returns of anyone to put them on public display. And. There are so many Democrats who hate the president so much, they have in their minds concocted what they think are legitimate excuses for the government to drag out the private tax returns of the president from at a time he was not president. That's not good. You know, if we have one governing philosophy around here, it should be never give to your opponents or never give to yourself power you would not want your opponents to wield. What happens when there is a Republican Congress and a Republican legislature somewhere in the nation that wants to trot out the old tax returns of a private citizen who has now become famous? That's not a good precedent. It's not something any of us should support. Now, I'm on record. I've said on this program, I think the president should reveal his tax returns at this point. I think he should. It, it it makes the story go away. It moves the story forward. And and there's no there there. What the Democrats actually want to do is is they want to go on a fish hunting a, a fishing expedition. Look at what happened with Beto O'Rourke. Beto O'Rourke released his tax returns, and someone somewhere found something that said uh, it suggested Beto O'Rourke owed four thousand more dollars than he paid, even though he had an accountant. That the accountant messed something up, and Beto should pay four thousand. That's what they want to do. They want to drag the story out and. and it, To a degree, I guess I understand why the president doesn't want to release tax returns going back decades. Because all the media is doing is they're fishing for something new. They have nothing with the Mueller investigation. They're trying to find something else. This is a stage production by the Democrats, and they're just trying to find something to continue a conversation that suggests the president is somehow a terrible person. And the media is willfully playing this up. The media is willing to participate in the conversation. The very media that made Donald Trump now wants to destroy Donald Trump. And we have seen this pattern over and over and over again, whether it is the high school kid who gets the massive football scholarship or the college football player who is headed off in the NFL or the president of the United States or an actor, let's dig up the bad tweets from 10 years ago. Let's dig up the bad statements from 15 years ago. Let's dig up the tax returns from 20 years ago. We have built this person up and by God, we're going to tear him down. That's what the media does with everyone. And they're setting their sights on the president now. All of us, I genuinely do believe this. Listen, I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't particularly care for a lot of the president's character. I don't particularly care for some of the things he does. But every single one of us should be concerned when the Congress and state legislators around the country want to prohib- or want to out the president's taxes, their private filings. No one should think this could happen to me. And by the way, if you think maybe the president did something illegal, well, guess what? They could be audited. Do you not think that the New York Tax Service has not audited the president or the IRS? He's been audited in the past. This is a dangerous—you are playing with fire. What you are doing is you're further politicizing the tax system. And the Democrats already did this with the Tea Party in 2010 with Lois Lerner. When they were delaying giving um, nonprofit status to various Tea Party groups, they politicized it. We now know from the Inspector General report it was done maliciously. They were harassing conservative groups. They didn't need Barack Obama to tell them to. They were so partisan that they knew to do it. We've got IRS agents leaking Michael Cohen's tax records to Michael Avenatti. That person who did that is now going to go to jail. We are undermining trust in the basics of government when we politicize people's tax returns. The government functions on taxes. We should not politicize that. It has been politicized. It got walked back. And now they're doing it again. This is a terrible, terrible precedent. It will be used in the future against Democrats. You can guarantee it if they go down this road. And I will call it out then too. But very few people will because the Democrats already went down this road. And there will be a lot of people who said, hey, they did it to him. We can do it to them. This is not the precedent you want to set. But I got a feeling that most people really don't care. Um we do not well yeah I, I do have time to do one one phone call. Um let's see. Steven Lilbert. I'm going to go to you first uh, on this issue.
1: Uh hi Eric. I thought
0: I just heard you say that Trump should release his tax returns and it, if that's what you said, I I got to call you out on that. Why would he
1: ever give the Democrats the ammunition to shoot him?
0: Well, yeah, and, you know, I, so I was talking through that on air. I think that, yeah, I, first of all, I don't think anyone should force him to do it. Uh, but I do think the post-presidential posts in the White House tax returns, uh, yeah, go on and release those. Uh, say, look, I'm doing it. But I was a private citizen then. I'm not going to release my private tax returns from 30 years ago so you can nitpick over them. Uh, lo- look at the ones that I'm doing now. Uh, and, and I think most Americans would go along with that, Steve, of of he's doing, he's releasing the ones now while he's president showing everything's on the up and up, but there's no reason for him to release tax returns from 30 years ago when he was a private citizen. There's absolutely no reason for him to do that. But again, no one should force the president to do it. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5, AM 750, WSB. On January 24th, 2005, uh, Walter Layson was driving a 2004 Ford Expedi- Expedition and collided into the rear of a 1993 Ford Escort driven by Amanda True Love Mosher and her four year old daughter and her 24 year old husband were both killed because of that collision. She and her son, Joshua, survived. That was in 2005. And over the next eight years, seven months, and 15 days, David Ralston, Speaker of the House, continued to drag out the case. Miss Mosher has filed a bar complaint against David Ralston, and <laughs> she is joining me on the phone. Amanda, welcome to the program. Hey thank you very much for spending some time with me here and walking me through this. And I just, I, I, first of all, I I want to express my real sympathy for you and and what you have been through in this and my admiration for you for being willing to stand up. And I would like, if you wouldn't mind, just to tell the audience here listening why you decided to file this bar complaint.
1: Because my husband and my daughter deserve justice and All the victims deserve justice, and I feel like I'm the first person that spoke out about his wrongdoings and gave these other people the courage to do the same thing.
0: Now, your your situation and case were reported about at the time, and it seems that you actually had to get media attention for the case uh, several years ago in order for there to be anything uh, for anyone to actually do anything and push the case along.
1: Um, you're right. I tried the, – the previous district attorney, Joe Hendricks, um, he tried every way to get the case tried, and he lost the election. And anyways, Allison Fosby became district attorney, and it, it just – I got nowhere mm-hmm. I had I I went to the media because I felt like I had to put pressure on him to take it seriously
0: and how did this ultimately resolve over the next number of years uh, my understanding is that there was some level of resolution but it wasn't nearly as much as compared to what mr. Lacey had been originally charged with
1: um, the charges didn't change um, There's a maximum sentence for a crime, and there's a minimum sentence. Well, he pretty much got the minimum Mm -hmm. Um, because it drug out. Witnesses didn't show up for court. Um, They ultimately reached – he first asked for a bench trial, which means the the jury's dismissed and the judge makes the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they negotiated a plea bargain, which I didn't agree with, but was pretty much told I had to accept it. Mm -hmm. Um, He got um, two years. He got a year probation for each death and, or for each, he was they've charged him with following too closely vehicular homicide in the second degree. Mm -hmm. He got, he could, the maximum he could have done was a year in jail Probation, a year of probation, I think, and a fine mm-hmm. and community service. So yeah. when it comes to finally, after making enough noise to get attention enough for him to take it seriously, that I wasn't going to stop till my case was tried or there was some kind of resolution right. because having to relive. My accident. Every time it came up for court, wasn't wasn't is not it wasn't fair. Right. Um. And it caused a, a lot of you know I. It just I'm it's I'm bitter sometimes about it, but I'm 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 a survivor. I'm not good. I'm not really a victim. I'm a survivor. I'm a fighter. I'm not going away. Mm-hmm. I want people to speak up. I want people to, to tell their stories. If you, if you don't tell the wrong, it will never it will never be exposed. And there's right. things that are going to come out in the near future. He can't get on TV. He can't write letters to newspapers. He can't speak out at these people that you know want to interview him and they're for him, he can't defend himself when it is in black and white and his signature
0: is on it. Right. Amanda, you've. I know there are members of the state legislature listening right now. Uh, what would you tell them that you think they should do on this David Ralston situation?
1: Um, it's clear there's a lot of wrongdoing. If you just read and take the time to look into this and not listen to his, not listen to him, and seriously compare the dates, compare the the letters, compare where he said he was here in one county for this, and then in another county said for the same date a different reason, right. and his signatures on it. So I mean, it's him. Right. Well, um, I think. You guys need to step up. It's it's he makes Georgia look bad. He makes he make he makes Blue Ridge look bad. Mm-hmm.
0: I he, now he, did you run into any issues with, for example, um, and, and you know the, when I went to law school, they always said ask ask a question you don't know the answer to, or I always ask questions you know the answer to, but I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm genuinely curious. Uh, did you ever feel like or, or think that? To some degree, the speaker was getting leeway because some of the district attorneys or judges had worked with him at his law firm, or uh, because he was the speaker, they were giving him deference they wouldn't have given to other people?
1: Yeah. I actually have a Facebook status about whenever she was running against Joe Hendricks, the The, current district attorney, Mm -hmm. how – much anxiety, it caused me to know that when my case, if it went in front of her, I was really ultimately afraid that my case would just go away and nothing would ever happen.
0: And just, just so everyone's clear what we're talking about, in, in Blue Ridge, the the district attorney worked at David Ralston's law firm, correct?
1: Um, he She either worked there or she worked. At the le- in the legislature with him mm-hmm. up in when he was a senator.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm actually getting a text from a friend of mine up there that it appears she worked. I'm not for really his law actually
1: firm. honestly positive about. Their relations, yeah, their
0: yeah, working I, I just I got a I got a text message from a friend of mine who works up there that she apparently had worked in his worked for him after law school. So after she got a law school, so there 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 is a connection there, which I've heard from a number of other people. It certainly makes you question the 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 justice of the situation. And, and just to to give people again, uh, for those who were just tuning in, I'm talking to to um I'm talking to Amanda Mosher, whose daughter and husband were killed in a car wreck. Uh, the man who collided into the rear of them was charged with a crime. And this happened in 2005. And it went on for eight years, seven months, 15 days with David Ralston continually uh, filing for various continuances. And, and your bar complaint outlines uh, it just they go on and on and on. It's like every single time it could come up to trial, he filed for a continuance.
1: Yeah, even one time when it was special set. Um I do want to say that I do want to clarify this not all of the eight years was his was all right. him. Mm-hmm. only five and a half years was him
0: so five and a half years though
1: yeah, five and a half years
0: my goodness wow but i well i'm i'm glad it it was finally resolved and i I'm short of time here and and definitely want to thank you for talking to us about this and making this public and being brave enough to, to be someone to stand up on this and, and get some attention to it. And folks, I, I, maybe I need to interview more of the people uh, who have been impacted by Speaker Ralston in this way. This is a lady, uh, Miss Mosher lost her daughter and her husband. And took her over eight years to find justice, and for over five of those years, Speaker Ralston was the person handling the case for the defendant and got continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance, and she got no resolution until she went to the media, and I don't think it was a coincidence that it took going to the media to get resolution. You should not have to go before a TV camera to get justice in Georgia. But if you're going up against the Speaker of the House, you apparently have to. How is this acceptable to Republicans in Georgia? My people, welcome back. It is Eric Erickson. The phone lines are wide open for you. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Uh, I got this from uh, the Lieutenant Governor. Um, Where did I? I had the window open. Here it is. Uh, The 2020 election, this is from uh, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan. The 2020 election will be the most important election in our lifetimes. The Democrats will stop at nothing to destroy our president, our party, and the values we stand for. They want to move our country towards socialism. Many national Democrats and out of state liberal donors have already targeted Georgia as a swing state. State Democratic leaders are openly discussing the possibility of taking over a majority in one or both chambers of the legislature. We cannot let this happen. We must unite as a party to deliver the state for Donald Trump and get David Perdue reelected to the Senate. That's why I'm supporting Scott Johnson for chairman. Scott knows how to win. He knows the grassroots, and he knows how to win a 21st century campaign. He has served as chairman of the 11th Congressional District GOP, the Cobb County Republican Party, and Republican leadership Georgia. Scott is ready to lead, and he has earned this opportunity. We are very, very blessed in Georgia, if you're a Republican at least, to have um, great uh, people running for chairman of the party. David Schaefer, my friend, is also running Uh, He was the former executive director of the party. we got two good, competent people. Uh, I think it's notable the lieutenant governor having run against Schaefer for for lieutenant governors, backing Scott Johnson for chairman of the party. Either one would be fantastic. I I keep debating whether or not I should go down there. Everybody keeps asking me if I'm going to Savannah. I I like going to Savannah. I just don't know that I want to go down there for the convention. I'm not a delegate. I've I've tried to avoid the organized Republican Party in the last few years. I just talk bad about them on the radio. (laughs) In any of it. I uh, wanted to pass that along. Um, and I'm happy to pass along any of the endorsements for David Schaefer as well. Um, when we come back, though, we got to move on to William Barr being held in contempt by Congress and Chris Cuomo's meltdown on CNN. William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, has been held in contempt by the Judiciary Committee in the United States House of Representatives. Uh, You know, this isn't actually a huge deal. It's not nearly as big a deal as the media would have you believe it is. In fact, in 2012, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to hold Eric Holder in contempt. Uh, All the media coverage today has been how big a deal this is. The very same media... Covered the Eric Holder contempt accusation, and I want to let you listen in on how they covered it in 2012. Given what we know about the Republican Party and the way the House of Representatives conducts itself when run by Republicans and with a Democrat in the White House, it shouldn't really count as news when a House committee finds the Democratic Attorney General in contempt of Congress. Every single Republican voted to hold the Attorney General in contempt over this crazy conspiracy theory. Tell the
1: Republicans to stop this witch hunt now. He's right. Why go ahead with a contempt
0: vote? Look, there are certain internal documents that are not Congress's business. Uh, well,
1: why? It just looks like more of our broken politics and vicious fights now out in the open. A party in the Congress that does just about nothing to create jobs or to help people without
0: jobs decided the best way to do their job is to shower the Obama administration with subpoenas. See, if you are a person who watches Fox News all day, it is possible that you have been marinating in this conspiracy theory for long enough now that this seems. Feasible. <laughs> is this sort of stop-and-frisk at the highest level? Go at the attorney general, get in the emptiest pockets. It looks like stop-and-frisk, doesn't it? Let me finish with my personal views of the stop-and-frisk thing. And I don't mean to use this term too much, but it's almost like a stop-and-frisk. For a lot of people, this is Republican versus Democrat, and they say this is just theater. It amounts to nothing.
1: It is a distraction. It is politics writ large in in washington according to most people
0: this is really much more to be filed in the category of politics than law
1: this is contempt kabuki uh, this is a classic case in washington of where you stand as a matter of where you sit when the republicans have the white house they love
0: executive privilege yes and now they're all like oh this is so serious he's going to jail he, he's not going to jail nothing's actually going to happen um if you're wondering what happens next nothing actually happens Uh, The attorney general will not get carted off to jail. He would essentially have to uh, arrest himself because he's the attorney general. The president would pardon him in a heartbeat. I mean, really, the, nothing happened to Eric Holder. Nothing's going to happen to William Barr. This is all kabuki theater. John Avalon was right in 2012 when he talked about it with Eric Holder. That was over the Fast and Furious situation where Holder refused to provide documents to Congress about how a Border Patrol agent was killed with American weapons by Mexican drug cartels. Uh, and those weapons apparently had been given by the American government uh, to uh, Mexico or to the Mexican cartels somehow or another uh, wound up in their hands nothing's going to happen here. This is all street theater for the Democratic base. The Democratic base is itching for an impeachment. They are desperate to impeach somebody. Nancy Pelosi knows that impeaching the president would be foolish. It would help him with his reelection. And so they're going to probably try to impeach William Barr. But he's not going to go to jail. I mean, nothing is actually going to happen. He's not going to be arrested or anything like that. Um, it's, it's all theater playing to the democratic base. I'm sure the Democrats will fundraise off of it to the phones on this issue. Keith and Grayson, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Good talking to you again. Got a quick question. Uh, since you're a lawyer or practice law,
1: um, now that the committee has voted to hold him in contempt, why um, as a result of wanting to have the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah
0: the, uh, <laughs> the Mueller, all the jury. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: They have the grand jury information, which is by law not allowed to be released, correct? Right.
0: Yes, correct.
1: So, so, so now the judicial committee has just attempted to force him into release and to commit a crime. Why doesn't he go ahead and file charges and literally have them arrested?
0: For obstruction of justice at this point. Uh, well, you, you can't have Congress um, arrested sure for that. They're well, criminals are criminals. No, you, you <laughs> can't because Congress has a speech and debate clause protection in the Constitution where they can say and do anything they want without getting arrested for doing it
1: while what, they're in Congress. You can argue it in court, though. Us as citizens are sick and tired of them
0: using our money and destroying or attempting to destroy the Constitution. Well, look, I I, I, say, hey, you, <laughs> I I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Except, I mean, if you support the Constitution, well, the Constitution is a Speech and Debate Clause. Don't don't be like them. Don't say round them up, um, because they're they got a constitutional protection to be able to do that. But you see, this is the thing: you can't really hold him in contempt per se for his refusal to hand over documents that federal law says he can't hand over. That's why this is so crazy, and what's so mind-numbing is that you've got the media saying the president and William Barr are causing a constitutional crisis. No, they have a federal law that says he can't give out grand jury information, and Congress once told him in contempt for complying with federal law. I mean, this may be the first time that an attorney general has been found in contempt for complying with federal law. That's nuts. Joey and Alpharetta, you're next. Welcome. Yeah, my question was similar. Um when the Democrats want to show that uh, Trump, President Trump obstructed justice by wanting to get rid of Mueller, wouldn't uh, Congress be also obstructing justice by getting rid of Attorney General simply because of the ongoing investigations that might be pending? Well, I, I, that is definitely a clever argument that I, th- I think a lot of people would to make. But just again, by the nature of Congress, no. Um, Congress is the legislative body. They have the right to investigate. They have the right to call for people to be removed. They have the right to subpoena, things like this. I mean, in the same way that William Barr is functioning legally, Congress is functioning legally. It's just both sides are now declaring the other side to be acting illegally when they're acting legally. The whole thing is just childish, by the way. William Barr has actually given Congress everything at once. He's even leaked that he favors uh, Bob Mueller testifying before the House and the Senate. He, he let all that stuff come out. He's giving the Democrats exactly what they want, and they're still doing this. And part of me thinks that everybody's in on the joke. And I know that's not true. But do you know who has the most secure job in Washington right now? William Barr. Because the president who likes to throw his cabinet officers under the bus at any given moment loves the guy right now because Congress is mad at him. Congress is focused on him. Congress wants to impeach him. Congress is holding him in contempt. I mean, the president loves William Barr right now. William Barr is the safest man in Washington at the moment. He's played this thing so perfectly. The Democrats have given him a level of job security. And what has he done? He's given the Democrats every single thing they've wanted. And I think they're too stupid to realize it. And all they're doing is making him even more powerful in Washington, that's really not a bad thing, though, because he's one of the the adults in the room. He's super competent. This is a good thing. Y'all, I want you to be one of the people who tries Harry's razors. They really do have a good deal for you. You'll get a five blade razor, a weighted handle, shave gel and a travel cover for just 3 bucks, and you even get free shipping. I mean, you could go to Target, you could go to Walmart, you can try them there, but, I mean, this is a really good deal. At Harry's, they combined a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades. They got a fair price. To keep their prices low, they bought their own factory in Germany. They cut out the middleman. They passed on the savings to you, and it's actually a world-class factory. It's been perfecting the art of razor blades for almost a century. They've gotten great reviews. Listen, I use Harry's. I really, actually, do use Harry's, and they got a hundred percent quality guarantee for a limited time. They do have this deal for you. New customers get five dollars off a trial set from Harry's with code Ericson, E R I C K S O N at Harrys.com. So you get the razor, you get the weighted handle, you get the foaming shave gel, and you get the travel cover, all for just three bucks. And again, free shipping. So it is just three dollars. You use code Erickson at harrys.com. So go to harrys.com today. You join 10 million people who've given Harry's a try. You use code Erickson at checkout to claim your offer. And you also will be letting them know that I sent you there to help support the show. So get over to harrys.com today. Um, I, I got to play this audio for you. I, I really, really do. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about a, uh, House Bill 481. The the Democrats are flat out lying about the bill now, with members of the media helping them lie. Um but uh, there is also, it's not just them, it's members of the media who are lying about uh, the life issue. You had uh, Chris Cuomo today basically saying that the life issue is based on faith and emotion, uh, not actually on logic and facts. Uh, fact check, uh, when does life begin? It begins at conception. That is actually biologically a fact, and yet Chris Cuomo denies it. I want to play this audio from last night on CNN with Chris Cuomo. Uh, just thing is... You guys go too far when you pervert
1: the facts. We have the president of the United States saying that a baby is born at the end of full term, swaddled in a blanket, and then to decide whether or not to execute it. That's you know that's bs Virginia it, it divides people. Nobody said it.
0: If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered, uh, the infant would be kept comfortable, uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mothers. So Chris Cuomo says nobody said that, and yet the governor of Virginia said that. He had on Christine Quinn. It was two against one, the anchor and the abortion advocate. By the way, they're calling abortion self-termination now Um, self-termination. You had Christine Quinn say this.
1: Let's be clear here, Rick, with all of your distortions and horrible tales, I answered it numerous times. When a a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. And this is about a woman having full agency and control of her body and making decisions about her body as part of her body with medical professionals.
0: That's the argument that people who've committed genocide have used throughout history, that it's not actually a human. It's the argument that slave owners used in the 19th century. It's the argument the Nazis used against the Jews. It's the argument the Romans used when they would invade and wipe out people, that, that this is not a human. This is not a human. Uh, I get to say what a human is. Uh, this never ends well for large segments of the population when someone says that a human being is not a human being. It may not be a human being that looks like you and me, but it's a human being. Biologically, it is a human being. It, it is the left arguing against science. you got Chris Cuomo out there saying that the the conservatives, Republicans, pro-lifers are basing their arguments on emotion and faith. Uh, no, we've got science on our side, and that's why they have to keep changing the names. And now here in Georgia, the Republicans have passed House Bill 481, the fetal heartbeat legislation. The governor has signed it into law as of yesterday or day before yesterday now, day yesterday, and the left is losing its mind. And you've got journalists out there today spreading lies about the legislation. You can read the legislation for yourself. When we come back, some of the more egregious lies being told by the media out there. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the phone number 404 872 I've mentioned Slate before. I'm sure you guys know what Slate is. Slate, it's an online publication. It's one of the early online magazines. Uh, it is decidedly of the left. It is notorious for what are called Slate Takes, Those are just bizarre takes on things that somehow Slate is able to find some moron who sees things in a completely different way from everyone else uh, and is is most offended by the most inoffensive things. Well, they've got a guy who writes for Slate. Um, His name is Mark Joseph Stern. He is very, very, very progressive, leftist, atheist, hostile to religious rights. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually did his marriage. He's gay um, and married someone who works for the Supreme Court, um, which I just find staggeringly interesting. Um, no conflict of interest there. Can you imagine if a Republican were, were, were a, a correspondent who routinely attacked the conservatives on the Supreme Court and was, or the liberals on the Supreme Court was married to someone who worked for the court? In any event, uh, so he's he's written this piece. And let me just read you some of the tweets for it. Uh, Georgia's pro-life Republicans have passed a law that would subject a woman who self-terminates. Notice the cute little phrasing there: self-terminates. That is, has an abortion. Um, if if abortion is so wrong, why do progressives keep trying to change the terminology? I mean, just like they try to change the terminology on themselves, from from liberals to progressives, back to liberals, back to progressives. In any event, um, it says that the, the Republicans would subject a woman who has an abortion after six weeks to life imprisonment or capital punishment under the new Georgia law, a woman who miscarries could be liable for second degree murder. If prosecutors can prove that she is somehow responsible, she can be imprisoned for 30 years. This isn't true. It's, it's not true. This is factually not true. You see, if you can read the law for yourself, then this is what, what it just is mind numbing here. You can read the law for yourself and the way the law works is House Bill 481. You can go to g o v. Is that that it? legis. Dot, yes, legis.ga.gov. And then up at the top left you can put in HB 481 and you can read the law for yourself. And the way the law actually functions, the fetal heartbeat legislation is It adds provisions to existing Georgia law. It changes the wording of existing provisions of Georgia law. And it removes provisions of Georgia law. And it does that throughout the legislation. Georgia has an existing law, and that existing law prohibits the criminal prosecution and criminal charges of any kind against a woman who has an abortion you will not be surprised to learn that House Bill 41 doesn't touch that law at all, doesn't change it, doesn't amend it, doesn't repeal it, doesn't add language to it, doesn't subtract language to it, does nothing. The law is still on the books. So if a woman in Georgia, under Georgia law, were to have an abortion, she could not be found criminally liable. The only area... That House Bill 481 changes is with doctors who perform abortions, doctors who perform abortions outside of the prohibited period and without cause. And there are causes, I mean, rape, incest, life of the mother, um, things like that, non-viability of of the fetus, um, clear, obvious non-viability of the fetus, things like that. Uh, If they would otherwise perform an abortion, they could lose their medical license. If they perform an abortion and the mother doesn't want them to, they have performed the abortion, the mother said no, they do it anyway for reasons I couldn't fathom why anyone would do this. But if they did, um, they could be subject to civil penalties by the mom. But the mother herself under Georgia law will not go to jail. And yet here we have at Slate... An article that is now circulating all over the internet, being spread among progressive activists here in Georgia, that claims that a woman would go to jail. It is simply factually not true. This is the side that tells you all the time the president lies and they're the paragons of virtue and ver- uh, of virtue and truth. And this is what they're doing. Just peddling lies and fear-mongering. It's pathetic. Okay. Honestly, this is becoming one of my pet peeves about the media. I've got a growing list of pet peeves. I never really had a lot of pet peeves until I got into talk radio. And now I'm just generally annoyed. I think it's actually part of me. It's it's getting like middle-aged. For example, uh, my, my kids are horrified. I, I made a chocolate cake for them uh, yes day before yesterday. And I commented that it was uh, very moist. And my kids are horrified that I call it anything moist. When did that become a, a bad word? In any event, uh, um, this this whole thing on the left right now, particularly people in the media like at CNN and elsewhere, that there's somehow paragons of truth and virtue and the president is a liar and they're willfully just making stuff up and, and spreading it around. I mean, the audio earlier of Chris Cuomo saying no one ever said what in fact Ralph Northam actually said, these people are liars. And I don't actually think there's an intention on the part of some of them. Now, I think with this Mark Joseph Cern piece in Slate, there is an intention to lie. It is intended to inflame people. But I think many of them, they just don't know. And they're so convinced of their righteousness. They're so convinced of the cause. And they're so convinced that everyone else is wrong and they're superior that they do it repeatedly. And it really is starting to annoy me greatly. Things that annoy Eric Erickson. Welcome back. Um, So Cosmo is outraged that people are fawning over Prince Harry of the United Kingdom, holding his baby and smiling and praising Meghan Markle for being so brave and, and giving birth. And they think it's terrible that people are fawning over the prince being a good dad. Yeah, the pause there is is quite, I didn't cut out on you, it's just, I'm I'm left scratching my head that people are outraged, or at least one person, I shouldn't say people, one person, but an editor, no less, at Cosmopolitan Magazine, thinks that we have lowered the bar so far, and there is, I guess, some merit here, uh, other than the the outrage is ridiculous, a little bit of merit, I suppose, that, yeah, I mean, a, a dad holding his baby should be more commonplace. And it's crazy that it's not and that people are praising him for doing things every dad should do. But isn't that the point that we should be praising these things? We we are a society that is vain and likes praise. And so you praise guys for doing the right thing. Guess what? You're going to have more guys do the right thing. And I think that's a good thing. The, the idea of being outraged. People get outraged over the dumbest things these days. That is the worst part of social media is how outraged people get over things that should not cause any outrage. Now, I'm outraged about that. I am going to be leaving you uh, only for the day. Uh, I got to be uh, out of town tomorrow for meetings. I, and the reason I bring it up is a prayer. Uh, um, I could use your prayers. I got a series of meetings tomorrow in Washington, D.C., where I am trying to finalize the sponsorships for the resurgent gathering. Um, it, it is actually a really big deal. And I, I gotta lock this stuff in so I can move on to worrying about other things. And so I would very much appreciate it. Uh, if you, for your prayers that these meetings go well tomorrow and I can finalize everything. So, I can move on to, to finishing up the conference and as always if you want to come to the conference text the word Atlanta to three four five three four five I gotta remember to raise the rate soon um, before we formally announce the vice president coming um, nonetheless uh, we, we will have very important guests coming including the governor, the senators um, the senators from other states, congressmen from other states, reps from Google and Facebook and the like so but prayers appreciated I will see you guys on Friday.